You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 407, entitled An AD&D Insurance Policy. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every weekend, of course, for those questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through. I really do appreciate that, as uh, always. Uh, this week, uh, Mark marks the end of uh, a very, very busy uh, April of uh, 2023 for me. Hopefully you guys were just as busy. In fact, for me, uh, it was a record-setting April. Uh, Just absolutely uh, super busy uh, getting uh, a lot of those uh, aerations and uh, fertilizers and all that sort of stuff, all those like spring starting uh, services uh, at the beginning of the season. And just, uh, I guess, a consequence, uh, consequence as well of just the, um, I guess, inflation, <laughs> I guess you could call it, uh, over the years of just uh, slowly dissolving that bottom, those... Uh, you know, uh, lower price lawns and uh, all the newer clients that I keep bringing on, I keep pricing at higher and higher prices. So uh, yeah, it was just uh, resulted in uh, just a record setting April for me to have, uh, you know, a full month, uh, the full first month uh, of the year of like full weekly mows for everybody. But then all of those uh, clients with the aerations and fertilizers and top dressings and overseedings and all that sort of stuff. Uh, still got a few of them to go, but uh, for what I could uh, pack into uh, April, it was a very, uh, very good month. So hopefully you guys uh, all uh, had uh, a very good months as well. Can't believe that uh, it's already May. Absolutely crazy to think, uh, especially in this uh, business, if you're in a part of the world where lawn care is just uh, basically seasonal, uh, like it is for me. If you have a winter time and you're not doing winter services, um, then it's, yeah, it's crazy to like basically feel like you're just getting started, just got, you know, had that uh, half of uh, March happening uh, with mowing and stuff starting, but then, you know, April being that first full month. And then to think, okay, uh, here we are, and it's already the fifth month. We're in May, and it's already the fifth month of the year. We're five months into the year already. Uh, next month will be halfway through the year. Uh, it's crazy to think how fast uh, you know things are going, especially when uh, you're dealing with a seasonal business and sort of the urgency of that of. Uh, 
having to hustle, hustle, hustle uh, to get uh, as much work done as you can um, to, uh, you know, basically uh, bank, uh, you know, as much as you can uh, and uh, be prepared for the future uh, ahead and what's coming up uh, for the rest of the year. Because, uh, you know, uh, with a self-employed uh, business, you're your own boss. Now you got no one else to rely on but yourself. So you got to make sure uh, that you got, uh, you know, all your uh, uh, I's dotted and your T's crossed, basically, right? You want to take advantage of those times where uh, the work is plentiful and, uh, you know, you've got um, the time and the energy and everything uh, to go uh, and get it done. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's what it was uh, like for me. Hopefully, you know, there was a little bit of a downside to that, of course. Uh, and that was, uh, I was so focused on getting all that stuff done on the uh, actual lawn care business side of things. Um, you know, running uh, the business day to day that I had to, something has to sacrifice uh, when you're doing stuff like that. And uh, for me, it was the content side of things, uh, particularly. So uh, things like YouTube and stuff like that, I haven't put out a video for about a month, month and a half or so. Uh, and that's just because of the lawn care season, just uh, going full bore on that and, uh, you know, making sure uh, my clients were uh, taken care of. But now that uh, I've got a lot of those uh, spring services done, all those aerations, um, not quite that. I've got a few more to do, but not uh, like I had uh, before. Uh, you know, the majority of that stuff done. I can uh, start to uh, focus and shift some of that time, start to take, uh, you know, some of those days uh, like I do normally throughout the year where, uh, you know, I might take like a Monday or a Friday or something and use that uh, for doing some uh, extra content and doing some videos and things like that uh, as well. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, particularly, uh, especially if we get any sort of like wet days or something like that, um, that, uh, you know, maybe I can shift things around. And, uh, you know, depending on uh, what the situation is and uh, start getting back into uh, doing more of the videos and, um, you know, getting some requests from you guys on uh, some different videos and stuff that you'd like me uh, to talk about. So uh, we'll uh, definitely uh, be shifting uh, focus there and getting back into uh, some of those been uh, uh, trying to do as much as I can in terms of the content, but because of that limited time and stuff, I've uh, been focusing on more on like little shorts uh, on Instagram and stuff like that, doing the little stories and um, or the reels, I guess you could call them, and doing shorter little uh, video snippets just to keep uh, sort of the video stuff uh, content going, but in just, uh, you know, those like one to two minute uh, type snippets. So uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, seeing some of those and some of the products and things uh, that I've uh, been testing out. Uh, speaking of products I've been testing out, talk last week a bit about that Lanzi uh, compost spreader got to uh, use it um some more uh, this past week and uh on uh one of the other jobs i was doing actually on this friday this past friday uh that just passed here uh it was uh a beautiful day it was actually a scorcher of a day uh felt uh summertime weather um everybody out was wearing shorts and like full summer gear out there um it felt like summer I actually drove by the community pool on my way to uh, do some lawns and uh, they were uh, like one of those outdoor uh, type pools in the park. 
and they had uh, uh, a crew there painting it and stuff. So I was like, man, they have, it feels like summer. Like, you got the summer weather, and they're getting the pool ready to uh, to fill up for uh, the summer and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was uh, just a beautiful day. And I was out uh, doing a lawn reno that day and was able to use that uh, uh, Lansy again on that particular job. I did it a bit different this time around. That uh, first uh, time that I used it, and I uh, put out a couple little video uh, uh uh, snippets, I guess you could call it, uh, little reels or whatever. On uh, my first use on Lansy, I was using uh, bagged soil. Uh, like I say, with a lot of my lawns that I'm doing, um, they're you know quite small, dense little city properties. And I've been just finding in the last uh, year or so, um, kind of transitioning and, and trying out, experimenting with using bagged soil versus... Um, using like bulk soil, um, you know, and having it, um, you know, a load of it in the trailer or whatever. Um, I like the bag soil only because it allows me to go and do just like one job if I want uh, to go like do one top dressing job or whatever the case may be and not have to worry about a trailer full of uh, soil where uh, in the past, in, uh, you know, previous years, I would do, you know, three or four jobs, or whatever the case may be to go through, uh, you know, a trailer load of soil and, uh, you know, get a bunch of top dressings uh, done in a day. Uh, where this, I can, you know, do some other jobs, uh, focus on some other things and still squeeze in um, some top dressings here and there by using bag soil. So the first day I was using some... Um, Scott's premium garden soil. It's really nice black uh, composted soil. The only problem with it is, of course, like all composted soil, it's going to have uh, some, uh, you know, organic material in there that hasn't broken down, some sticks and stuff. Um, the occasional piece of uh, plastic and stuff that you might find in there just from uh, stuff that hasn't been filtered out properly in sort of that composting process. Uh, procedure. Uh, so I was using that and it was quite wet the first time uh, I went to use it because of the rain and stuff uh, that we had uh, that previous week. And uh, it was working fine. There was some spots when I was rolling at the end, uh, like I said, it was last week, uh, you know, the Lansy filters out uh, all those sticks and debris and any rocks and stuff like that. So that was uh, handy. Uh, but any sort of clumps and stuff, uh, like I was talking about, you know, rolling a snowball uh, in there, those kind of like bigger clumps and stuff were just staying inside the Lansy uh, because it was a, a, a bit damp. On this uh, job that I did on Friday, again, I was using uh, the composted uh, Scott soil, but I was also using bags of uh, Vigoro uh, brand uh, enriched uh, lawn soil. Uh, so this is, um, I guess, a specific soil that they have. I wanted to give it a shot as well and see what that was about. Um, and when I opened the bag, it looked like brown, uh, almost sawdust, uh, that one. And I kind of figured that it was probably uh, some sort of a peat moss blend uh, in it. And it apparently had um, a fertilizer or something in it for uh, seed starting uh, mixed into it as well. Um so I was trying that and I was basically mixing it uh, with the Scott's uh, garden soil. So I, was, I had my wheelbarrow. I'd open a bag of that uh, Vigoro enriched lawn soil, throw that in, basically 
like a peat moss mix and then throwing in one bag of the Scots Garden uh, blended compost, mixing it all just with my gloves in my hands. It was very quick to do. Uh, the uh, Scots stuff was a little bit still a little bit wet. Not as bad as it was the day before, but it was still moist soil, whereas the Vigoro stuff was very dry. So it all mixed very well together. Um, the drier sort of uh, um, peat moss type blend really helped um, break up any of the clumps and stuff in uh, the Scots uh, soil. Then I put it in the Lansy, rolled it out. It rolled beautifully with that mix. Uh, so I'm really, um, curious to see what the results will be, um, of using that. It's the first time I've ever used the Vigoro stuff. Like I say, for the last year or so, uh, I've been using sort of the composted soil, when I buy bulk soil, it usually uh, is like a top dressing blend that is basically just compost but mixed with sand uh, in it. Um, so this is the first time I've used any sort of uh, mix or anything that has like a peat moss or something like uh, that in it. Um, so excited to see how that uh, helps uh, the lawn in terms of because I had uh, overseeded the entire lawn. The other really neat benefit with the Lansy was I was doing a, a specific area on this lawn uh, for a repair where um, the a customer had an issue with their plumbing over the winter and uh, decided to have uh, the entire plumbing system changed in their house. Uh, apparently had some um, a type of uh, pipe in their house that um, uh, could be prone to failure. Um, that was, uh, you know, something that was uh, commonly used maybe 20, 25 years ago, uh, but then got kind of banned from being used because of uh, sort of uh, uh, failure points in the, the plumbing. So they decided to uh, change out the entire plumbing of their house. So they were telling me about, you know, how crazy that was, um, that, uh, you know, I think in their basement uh, of the house, it had like 40 holes that had to be made in the walls and stuff for, uh, to be able to access all the pipes and stuff. And then of course, uh, and then upstairs, uh, as well, uh, but not as many, uh, holes had to be done, but, uh, the downstairs, cause the majority of the plumbing went through the downstairs. Um, those 40 holes. So of course, on top of all the plumbing being changed, all the old pipes being taken out, all the new, uh, you know, like pecs or whatever kind of plumbing being put in, all the drywall had to be fixed and painted and tile and all that sort of stuff that had to be done. So it was a, a quite an undertaking, but they also had to replace the main water, uh, like water main that goes to the house, uh, from the street. Um, because it was the same type of, uh, plastic uh, pipe that was uh, used. So uh, in the front yard, uh, there was one area where the plumbing company had to uh, dig a big hole in the middle of the lawn to be able to uh, access uh, part of the pipe there. And uh, they then just, uh, you know, tore out the lawn, uh, then did whatever they did, uh, backfilled it all. And of course, um, you know, it's never going to be the same. Uh, they literally just left like this big mound of dirt uh, on top of the lawn full of like, um, you know, soil, but mixed with clay and a ton of rocks. And then they just took like the sod or pieces of sod that they had uh, tried to save from the lawn and kind of threw it on top there. 
So you had this like mound there growing uh, with the lawn starting to, uh, uh, those pieces of sod starting to take, but not enough sod to cover the whole entire mound. Um, and, uh, you know, just all these rocks and stuff sitting there. It was, you know, quite the disaster. I'm just shocked that they even uh, did that or left it like that. Uh, but it is what it is. They're a plumbing company, not a landscaping company. Uh, and I guess they didn't want to haul away any of the dirt or rocks or anything like that. So, uh, they left it, uh, for me uh, to take care of. So, um, normally, you know, in the past, uh, in a situation like that, you know, I wouldn't sit there and try to, um, you know, sift out the dirt from all the rocks and stuff that they had pulled unearthed and then just left there. Uh, so what I was able to do was just take my flat, uh, square shovel and, uh, basically, um, kind of dig underneath the pieces of grass that were starting to root that they had originally removed, uh, and kind of cut them out kind of like sections of sod and put them off to the side. And then I was able to just start digging, uh, that mound of dirt to get it, uh, just below, um, the lowest point of the rest of the, um, the, the lawn surrounding it, because my plan was I wanted to then take the sod, the pieces of sod that were there and put them back, uh, and use up as much of uh, that as I could. And then, so I wanted it to be at the same level, of course, as the surrounding lawn, uh, and then, you know, I'd be top dressing and stuff, filling in in between all those spaces, overseeding everything and kind of blending it all in. Uh, so what was nice was I was able to just, uh, you know, take all that soil that I was digging up with all those rocks and, and, and there was a ton of rocks, like all different sizes and stuff. And, uh, you know, I put it all in the wheelbarrow first. Uh, and then once I got that kind of graded to, uh, the, uh, height that I wanted. Um, I used a, uh, tool that I've got to just a hand, uh, once, yeah, like a, a, I don't know what you would call it, like a spade or a, um, it's kind of like these, uh, almost like those, uh, a couple of like wheels on it, uh, with these spikes on it, almost like a, the best thing to describe it would be like, like those, um, Kung Fu movies that you see, like those Chinese throwing stars, picture two of those kind of interlocking making a wheel where the spikes kind of interlock with each other and there's a couple of wheels made up of of those and you you've got a long handle on it like a shovel and you roll it on the ground and it just breaks up the soil it's kind of like tilling manually tilling uh the soil there so once i got it to kind of grade it to the level or height i wanted uh, the soil was quite compacted and stuff there. And there was like a little bit of clay and stuff mixed in there. So then I used that tool, uh, to basically till it, uh, and make it nice and loose and loamy, uh, type soil there. Uh, and then, uh, once I got that done, uh, what I did was I took, uh, those, uh, pieces of sod that I had saved, uh, and placed them, um, into that uh, big bear area as much as I could. I was able to uh, take up about half of the bear space that that uh, 
plumbing company left uh, there with the sod. So there was still, uh, you know, a bit of space there. Uh, but it was nice now, nice. And it was a bit of a slope uh, where this repair is. So I was able to take it from this, like, mo big hill that they left to a nice gradual slope to how it was uh, previous uh, to that. Uh, and then um, I was able to then take all that soil that I had with all the rocks and stuff that I had taken out of there and uh, put it in the Lansy because it was actually really good soil. It was all the top uh, soil that was there uh, previously. Uh, and I guess just because they had dug a hole and they put a bunch of plumbing stuff in there, they couldn't fit all the dirt back into that space. Um, so there was, you know, all this extra uh, soil and stuff. And I guess, you know, they're putting gravel and stuff in there, uh, with the drainage and things, whatever that they were doing. So they had more soil left over. So luckily, uh, they were kind of smart enough to kind of put the dirt back in kind of the layers and put like more of the junkier soil at the bottom and kind of work its way at the top. But by the time, um, you know, it got to the sort of the nicer soil that they were saving, uh, sort of that topsoil layer, the hole was already full. And that's why there was like this big mound uh, mixed with rocks and stuff. So like I said, by the, the nice thing was because I had that Lansy, I filled all the, the Lansy up with all of that soil with the rocks. And then I used the Lansy to top dress that area where the repair was and to fill in all the gaps between the spots, um, of the sod and stuff. And it was awesome. That soil was so nice, uh, that it just perfectly helped me level out. And because of the weight of the machine, uh, or the roller with the rocks and stuff in it, it was doing that sort of rolling action, smoothing it all out. And all those rocks and uh, stuff that was in that soil was all trapped inside the Lansy. So I was just putting out, uh, all that really nice topsoil. So once I did that area and got that repair done, then I went in with that blend uh, that I was doing with the bags of uh, Scots and stuff. And uh, at first I reseeded the entire lawn heavily in those areas where any repairs were done. There was a couple of sections in different parts of lawns that were kind of bare in some spots from trees and things like that shading out uh, where lawns weren't growing. And of course that plumbing repair dumped a a ton of seed in those areas and then overseeded the entire lawn around it so that the entire lawn uh, will blend in in color and stuff uh, and variety of uh, grass and stuff like that. So got all that and then use the Lansy with uh, that blend of uh, that Vigoro mix with that uh, Scott's mix uh, together and uh, top dress the entire lawn. And it just turned out amazing. The customer actually came out um, and uh, was looking at the Lansy as well. And he was just so impressed with uh, how nice uh, the top dressing, um, you know, looks after because he's seen me top dress before I've done his lawn in the past and you have that, you know, dirt kind of just sitting on top. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can't get it um, just as nice as you can uh, with the Lansy with that little effort, right? You could do it with a rake with soil. Um, but it would just take a lot of back and forth, back and forth, raking it uh, or like a lawn level and raking it and raking it uh, to smooth it out and, and basically shaking it down uh, past the lawn. But with the roller, it just because it sifts out everything and you have that rolling action, it just does it all in this one easy consecutive step. So I've been really enjoying uh, using it. It's come in handy in those two couple of different situations there. 
that one unexpectedly uh, doing that lawn repair um, and not really thinking because normally, you know, if I didn't have the Lansy, like I said, I wouldn't be sitting there trying to uh, save the soil or anything like that and trying to pull all the rocks because it would just sit there. It would just take me way too much time, right? It would be too labor intensive to try to save uh, the soil there with all the rocks and stuff in it. So I would just, you know, dig it up, uh, take it with me uh, in the trailer and dispose of it. But the fact that I was able to save that really nice topsoil uh, right there on site uh, and be able to use it on that same lawn uh, and then uh, top dress over it with uh, the new stuff, uh, with all the seed and everything like that, it was just uh, just fantastic. Just a great um, way to do it, uh, to be able to save soil. So something I never really thought of before, you know, think about using Lansley with new soil, bringing in whether it's bulk soil or bag soil and top dressing. But in a situation like that, where you have an excavation, where you have something like that, and there's soil um, that, uh, you know, you could save, but there's just too much debris that would be way too uh, time consuming to go through. Well, the lands, just makes it simple, fill it up uh, with all that thing, roll it out, and then just dump out all the rocks at the end. Uh, and it just makes uh, it uh, super simple to be able to do that all in one step. So I'm just going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll get into uh, this week's episode right after this. So stay tuned. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. All right. So, and speaking, uh, one thing I forgot to mention as well about the Lancy, uh, as well as that I do have a discount code. It's not an affiliate link per se, uh, meaning that, uh, you know, with a traditional affiliate link, um, if you guys use the discount code, you guys get a discount. And I also get a commission on, uh, whatever you purchase, uh, with the Lancy one, it's just a direct discount code. So use it if you like, uh, if you don't like, it's not a big deal. Uh, so you can use it at lansy.com or uh, on Amazon.com as well on Lansley products. Uh, and uh, you would enter uh, the discount code Julio saves 10. So J-U-L-I-O saves 10. Uh, and it's the same code for Amazon.com and uh, for Lansley.com for uh uh, saving 10% on Lansy products. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just, I uh, thought I'd throw it out there. They offered, uh, to, uh, share a discount code uh, with my audience. So figured, Hey, might as well have you guys, uh, save some money. So uh, there you go. Lansy, uh, uh, com, amazon.com on Lansy products. Uh, Julio saves 10. Uh, and speaking of discount codes, I guess I should also remind you guys about, uh, the equip expo 2023. If you guys are looking to save, uh, uh on that, that as well. You can use uh, my discount code. There's a link in the uh, uh, podcast show notes for that one. You can get 50% off of your uh, uh, Equip Expo passes. Uh, so I uh, talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I believe it's like $12, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, if you're using the discount code on top of the early bird special uh, that they have, uh, sort of that early bird pricing right now. Uh, and then you can get 50% off on top of that if you're using a discount code Julio uh, for that on your uh, um, Equip Expo. So if you're looking to uh, head to uh, 
uh, Louisville, Kentucky there in uh, October. Uh, give uh, that a look uh, and uh, use uh, my discount code there and that'll save you uh, 50% off of your uh, show passes. Like I said, a uh, link is in the description for that. So this week's uh, topic, I wanted to talk about a D or an AD&D uh, insurance policy, uh, what it is and why uh, you should consider having it uh, in your lawn care business. Uh, so basically uh, what an AD&D uh, policy is, it stands for um, uh, accidental death and dismemberment uh, policy. So basically, this is an insurance policy, kind of like a life insurance policy uh, for yourself. Now, in a lot of cases, uh, I'm not sure, you know, uh, how it works uh, south of the border from where I'm at. So in the USA. Um, but in Canada, at least in British Columbia, where I'm uh, at, um, you know, there's workers' compensation and all that sort of stuff that you have to have for your employees. If you have employees in your business, it's mandatory to have uh, workers' compensation uh, to pay into that in case one of your employees gets hurt or injured on the job and they can uh, not work then, uh, you know, they would be able to um, apply for compensation and that fund um, through the government would uh, compensate them um, with weekly uh, payments uh, so that they could still be able to live uh, and pay their rent and stuff like that if uh, they're unable to work due to an injury uh, at work. But the caveat there uh, is that um, as a self-employed business owner, um, you can't claim uh, WCB, workers' compensation, on yourself uh, because I guess there would just be too many instances of fraud uh, for that. So the government doesn't allow that. Now, interestingly enough, they do have a uh, a policy of their own that you can pay into as a business owner, specifically for business owners. Um, that would cover you to some degree here uh, where I'm from. Uh, but sort of the standard WCB policy, of course, because it would uh, require, I guess, some reporting and some, you know, if an employee uh, claims that they got hurt on the job, uh, you know, that workers' compensation board would then uh, look to the employer for verification uh, to make sure that, yes, this accident happened and they would investigate and kind of see, you know, what the issue was, if, you know, who's at fault, um, is there ways to, you know, was it preventative, all that sort of stuff. At any rate, uh, being the business owner, I like I said, I guess there would be too much fraud and things like that uh, for maybe people that, uh, you know, unscrupulously could, uh, you know, um, go into business just to be able to claim workers' compensation and say, hey, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a business owner and, oh, you know, I just hurt myself and now I can't work sort of thing and then uh, try to, you know, be able to claim or collect, um, you know, some sort of a compensation or something like that. So they don't allow you to do that as a self-employed uh, person. So like I said, they do have a policy uh, that you can buy into uh, that will protect you as 
a uh, business owner. The the caveat with it is that much like WCB for your employees, um, it only covers you when you're injured at work. And the cost of it as a... uh, you know, a business owner is, it can be quite pricey. Uh, and for the equivalent amount um, that you could pay for their policy there, you can get other private companies um, to have similar type of insurance uh, to help protect yourself that covers you 24 hours a day and doesn't have to be work related, just has, you know, any sort of injury. So uh, whether you are, you know, decide to go snowboarding or skiing or you uh, play football or whatever the case may be, and you get hurt on the weekend or in the evening, saying you're playing, uh, you know, in a beer league or whatever the case may be, and something happens and, you know, you break a leg or something like that. And then you can't, you know, go mow lawns that next day. Um, you know, some of these policies will cover you 24 seven, uh, and not just, uh, on the job. And that's what I like about the AD and D, uh, policy, um, is that it covers me 24 seven. Now, one of the things, uh, that you have to consider, not so much for residential, although, uh, you know, and I, I say this only because, I've heard it being brought up Um, for commercial type jobs. They will, a lot of times when you put your bid in and all that stuff require proof of uh, your WCB, like you have to provide your WCB number and all that sort of stuff. Because of course, you know, on a commercial property, they're inviting you onto their property and, you know, in terms of uh, sort of liability and the law, the property owner is ultimately uh, the one who is responsible for whoever they invite uh, onto their property. Uh, much the same as, uh, you know, think of a, a shopping center or something like that. And you go shopping and in the wintertime, you know, it's frozen or the walks are icy or something like that. And you slip, you know, you see all the time people suing, you know, the small little, you know, um, corner little mini mall or you know outdoor strip mall or whatever the case may be uh because ultimately anybody on your property you are liable for because of uh, you know you need to maintain that property to make sure it's safe um if you're going to allow the public and stuff to walk out well it's the same thing with employees if you are um you know, on a, on a commercial property, if you are hiring uh, somebody to come and do work, and this, and this is where I say with the residential side too, because it's the same, uh, basically the same rule too. If you hire a roofer and to come to your house and and do a roof, and they, you know, aren't using the proper PPE and they're not. Um, you know, using harnesses or things like that, and they fall off the roof and, you know, uh, break their back or something like that and become paralyzed, you ultimately are responsible if they don't have insurance. Um, You know, they could sue you for, you know, 
inviting you onto their property to do the job and, you know, them ultimately getting hurt on your property. So that's why I bring up that point. Um, because when I hear any time about, um, you know, homeowners and, um, you know, doing their due diligence with, uh, companies and hiring somebody on your property to always, you know, make sure that you're checking to make sure that that company that you're hiring has, you know, WCB coverage and all that sort of stuff. So that's why I bring it up there. Even though in my experience, I've never been asked from a residential property owner uh, for proof of WCB insurance. I have been asked on the uh, contrary for com- on commercial properties. Um, when I'm, uh, you know, doing a bid or quote or something on a commercial property, especially on like a stratas, like townhouses, complexes, things like that, I have been asked uh, to have proof of insurance and I've had to explain because a lot of... Um, you know, most cases, uh, the people that work in these places are not business owners, they're employees, uh, and they won't, um, know that I can't get WCB for myself, uh, that it has to be a, a separate insurance uh, policy that, uh, WCB is really only for employees. So I always have to explain that. And that's why I always have a, a, uh, an AD&D policy, uh, because basically it's, uh, an insurance policy that covers me if I get hurt. Now, of course I have my separate general liability insurance and all that, that covers like all of my equipment, if it gets stolen and all that stuff, but also covers if I cause damage to the customer's property. And if I, um, uh, hurt somebody, say I'm string trimming and hit a rock and it goes flying and hits somebody in the face or something like that, then my general liability insurance would cover that. But that general liability policy for your lawn care business does not protect you, the uh, solo operator, um, in case of an injury to yourself um, or, uh, you know, God forbid, death, uh, to yourself, uh, if an accident happens, uh, you know, and there's, you know, real possibilities of things you always hear, uh, from, um, throughout the years of, uh, accidents happening, whether, you know, mowers, uh, on slopes or something happen, uh, roll over and somebody gets crushed or something like that. Or, um, you know, there's been some freak accidents, uh, in the news where, um, you know, trees like widow maker trees man uh branches falling off and uh you know crushing a groundskeeper uh underneath unexpectedly um i think there was one uh, a few years ago uh at a golf course uh, that that happened and uh you know the uh, the guy cutting the grass uh, ultimately died uh, just because he happened to be under a specific tree when um you know a branch uh, happened and it's actually one of the uh, things that freaks me out at that uh, commercial property I work at, uh, because it's one of those cases where, um, you know, it's an older property. It was the family farm, uh, for many, many generations. Um, it's now turned into a commercial business. The, the brothers 
who have the business now, their focus is on the back of the property where it's basically they've got a office there. They have a store uh, there. They sell their goods out of it's all gravel. They have all their semi trucks and stuff uh, that they use for uh, you know trucking in and out uh, their product and stuff like that. The front of the property is the original family farmhouse that they all grew up in, and um, you know they rent uh, that house out, uh, so they have that as a basically another form of income coming in uh, a rental property uh, and I mow all the lawns around uh, the original farmhouse thing is, is it has all the original uh, trees there as well uh, and some of these trees are so old uh, and so big and they aren't really um, I wouldn't say that they're really looked after right sort of just because it's not the um, main focus of that property anymore. Uh, that rental property part of it is sort of the second sort of a hand type of idea there, right? Where their focus is on their main business in the back of the property. Um, so, you know, last year, uh, one of the a large like cotton uh, I don't know if it was a cotton tree or no it was a poplar a big poplar tree uh, had fallen over during that summer drought uh, and uh, apparently that's quite common uh, with those types of trees in those situations when you get through summer drought and this was a massive tree and it completely uprooted and fell um, there's this massive um, oak tree uh, in the middle of the property with these just like massive gnarly branches uh, on it with, uh, you know, an old tire swing and stuff in um, the tree from when they were young boys. And when that swing was put on, that tree was a lot smaller. So uh, it's basically like chain wrapped around the branch of this tree. But the tree has now grown so big that the chain is now, you know, cut into the branch, um, you know, pretty like at least six inches into the branch so you have this massive branch that is growing like we're talking a maybe 14 inch diameter at least uh branch coming out the side of this tree just massive um and at one point where these chains are it's like you know uh, half the width of the tree and it's supporting all the way to that branch, uh, you know, in a spot where it was, you know, it should be 14 inches round, but it's not because of the chain uh, constricting the growth of uh, that tree over the years. Right. So it always freaks me out when I got to uh, mow underneath that uh, branch. Uh, and um, yeah, so there's been some things and, and there's always, uh, fallen branches on the ground and things like that. Uh, anytime, uh, you know, especially in the fall when I'm doing leaf cleanups and stuff, the winds and stuff are always, uh, you know, kicking up. So you're always like, oh man, uh, kind of freaked out about, um, you know, mowing on that property sometimes, uh, uh, depending on the weather. Lots of days it's, you know, it's, it seems fine. But like I said, last summer that, you know, large cottonwood tree fell. Luckily I wasn't there, uh, but uh, it did, uh, you know, a doozy uh, on the property. It still hasn't, uh, you know, I'm still kind of having to mow and change my mowing uh, differently because it fell, it left, left some big like craters in the lawn uh, and they don't repair it. They don't, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's an afterthought. They're not uh, into putting any money into that part of the property. 
Um, so yeah, it is what it is. And all of the properties around it, all those large properties are all pretty much gone. And it's just like brand new housing developments all around this one uh, property that's left there. So, you know, I inevitably see that probably sometime in the future, um, you know, when they decide to pack it in, uh, uh, you know, that property will be probably turned into a bunch of, uh, you know, subdivisions or something like that, because uh, that's what uh, basically surrounds it now. But, you know, having uh, commercial properties like that, they will always ask um, sometimes for proof of insurance of that sort of WCB. And because I can't have that WCB uh, policy for myself, then I have at least that proof, that AD&D accidental death and dismemberment policy uh, to basically show uh, to commercial uh, properties that, hey, yes, I am covered. Uh, when I'm working, not only do I have general liability insurance, if I damage your property, um, but I also have insurance on myself, uh, in case I get injured and I can't work, um, then, you know, I get, uh, you know, compensation for, uh, you know, uh, being able to uh, pay my bills and stuff. And it's uh, based on your income and all that sort of stuff, um, for the past year and all that sort of thing. So, uh, definitely something to, um, consider, uh, if you're a solo operator, if you have, you know, a family to support, uh, things like that, something that you should be thinking about. Like I said, the AD&D policy is nice because it's 24, uh, you know, 24 seven, basically, uh, coverage. So whether I'm, you know, mowing lawns or, you know, uh, going for a hike. Uh, it doesn't matter how the injury happens. Um, all that matters is if I can't go to work because of an injury, then, um, they will, you know, compensate me based on my previous income, I think for the previous year, whatever the case may be. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of make up those payments, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, get you, uh, you know, at least to cover your bills and all that sort of stuff. Um, the death and dismemberment part of that policy, accidental death and dismemberment, um, that part is interesting as well because then they also pay out lump sums. So, of course, if you... And you can pick your... Like a life insurance policy, you can pick how much insurance you want. So, obviously, the more you pick, the more your monthly um, uh, premium will be each month. Uh, but you can pick, you know, a certain dollar amount for, you know, uh, if you do, uh, you know, like I said, uh, something happens, unfortunately, and you lose your life, um, then basically it's like a life insurance policy and they pay you out for or will pay out your beneficiary, your wife, or whatever, um, you know, a lump sum uh, for uh, that accident that took your life. But also, uh, what happens if you, you know, are doing something and you're reaching under the mower or whatever the case may be, something happens and you lose a finger. That's where that, uh, uh, the there's that first part, accidental death, but also the dismemberment part. So if you lose a finger, lose a hand, lose a foot, lose an arm, lose a leg, they have uh, different uh, lump sum amounts as well 
that they will pay out to you because, of course, that will affect um, your future uh, and what you can do and what you can't do uh, as well, right? So you would also get, you know, your payment, uh, um, you know, to you get on your feet and stuff and be able to cover your bills, but then you'd also get a lump sum uh, to compensate you for, you know, losing that uh dismemberment that part of your body uh so it's um pretty all sort of encompassing type policies one of those things where it's um you know i've had an ad&d policy actually you know i never even heard of ad&d policies until i joined that franchise system uh and uh it was a requirement uh, with them to have uh, an AD&D policy for everybody. So everybody had an AD&D policy. Everybody had a general liability policy. When I left the franchise uh, company and was no longer covered under their insurance, their group insurance plans and stuff like that, uh, I went to seek out my own uh, and found, uh, you know, just a, another company that... Uh, you know, has AD and D policies for a, a solo business operator. So uh, that's what I ended up uh, purchasing. So I've had a not only a general liability policy right from the beginning, right from 2005 when I first started my lawn care business like uh, full time, uh, which was pretty much right away because I'd bought into a franchise system. Previous to that, like I say uh, in, over in the podcast, um, I've talked about just dabbling in lawn care and when I had my homeowner equipment and I had another job and I would just do a lawn here or there and put some signs up, uh, you know, on telephone poles and things like that. And it wasn't something I was doing seriously as a business. It was just something that I was kind of just messing around with and playing with. When I was doing that, I didn't have any insurance at all for any of that stuff. But, you know, as soon as I, you know, decide, yeah, I want to do this, I want to make this a business and do this full time. Um, you know, I bought into that franchise. So I had those in both those two types of insurance policies right away. And then uh, five years later, when I left the franchise and uh, went on my own and started, you know, the company that I have uh, today, um, I went right into that uh, new company, my own brand with a full um, general liability policy, as well as the AD&D policy. And that's the same policy that I've had um, now for, what's it been? Um, 13 years uh, that I've been uh, working under my own brand and 18 years total in lawn care that I've had uh, an AD&D policy and thing. And it's one of those things, um, you know, I pay every month for it. Um, and uh, I've never had to use it. And uh, hopefully never have to use it. Uh, so it's one of those uh, types of things that, um, you know, uh, it's, it kind of sucks to have to pay for it every month uh, to put that, uh, you know, thing. But, you know, just like in 2015, when my trailer got stolen, and, you know, at that point, it had been 10 years, I believe. Um, yeah, 2015, 2005 to 2015, 10 years um, that I had been in business and had been paying general liability insurance uh, every year, uh, every month uh, for 10 years and had never made a claim. But it only took that one time, that one time when my trailer got stolen and all the equipment uh, on it that got stolen that made it all worth it, uh, that having that policy uh, was worth it and uh, having them reimburse me, uh, you know, and uh, take care of absolutely all of that equipment, 
just made it, you know, absolutely worth it, right? It was just like uh, a breath of fresh air, uh, knowing that I was protected there uh, after that, right? And uh, like I said, I happily uh, pay it uh, since uh, the insurance or since the trailer got stolen, I happily uh, pay for uh, insurance as well. I'm kind of actually sad that I think I mentioned previously that the insurance company that I was using um, decided not to do insurance anymore uh, for uh, that that type of insurance, like general liability type insurance anymore. Um, so uh, my agent reached out to me and said, uh, you know, got some other quotes from other underwriters. Uh, so I had to pick a new company. So I was kind of sad that, hey, you know, it's, um, you know, they were such a good company. Um, I'd been using them for so many years. You know, when I did have an issue, what's it been like seven or eight years ago or whenever it was that the trailer got uh, stolen, that, um, you know, they took good care of me, that I was, you know, happy to, you know, continue to pay them every month, um, you know, in case it happened again. Uh, so it's just one of those things. It's like, like I said, it's it's tough to add on another monthly payment for something that you, you know, kind of don't see any sort of... Um, you know, benefit from right away. It's not like, hey, you're paying your Netflix every month or your phone bill every month or, and you're getting that use uh, of it every month. You know, insurance is one of those things. It is what it is. It's insurance. It's one of those things where you pay in every month uh, and you hope you don't need it. Uh, so it's kind of a, a bit of a twist there. Uh, so and an AD&D policy is one of those, right? It's one of those things that you really hope you don't ever need it. But if you ever did need it, you know, when things go bad and, you know, they can go bad, it's nice knowing that you have that, that, uh, you know, you're, you know, if you can't work for a few months or something happens that you'll still be able to collect a, a you know, some sort of a paycheck, um, that, uh, if something happens to you, um, you know, uh, dramatically, uh, you know, life, possibly life ending, uh, that, uh, you know, that there's a sum, uh, of money there that, uh, will go to your family, um, to help them out, uh, in that time, right. So that they're not left all of a sudden, uh, with no income coming in, uh, because, uh, you know, that breadwinner uh, in the family is now suddenly um, gone uh, or not able to earn uh, any income. So it's one of those things where uh, it's difficult, like I said, especially these days where everything just seems so expensive and you're getting um, nickel and dimed, it feels like sometimes at uh, every, uh, you know, turn. Uh, but uh, like I said, uh, if you ever need it, though, it just, you know, puts it all in perspective and makes it all uh, worth it uh, after that to go, okay, yeah, uh, definitely happy that I paid into that. Uh, so yeah, just one of those things I thought was important to, to talk about um, and to bring up. It's been, uh, I think, a few years since I talked about an AD&D policy. thought it was time for a quick uh, refresher on that. Uh, and just uh, one of those things that was brought to my attention, uh, just because 
of this year having to switch companies and all that sort of stuff with insurances and stuff like that uh, had me sort of reevaluating, looking at different insurance policies and stuff and, and remembering that, hey, yeah, I also pay this one every month uh, that, uh, you know, I don't think I've talked about in a while, uh, the AMD&D policy. So, uh, yeah, definitely something I would uh, look into is uh, some type of insurance for yourself as a solo owner operator to protect you in case of injury uh, or death or dismemberment uh, and uh, you know that uh, prevents you from uh, being able to work efficiently or go back to work for a period of time or whatever the case may be so uh, hopefully uh, you guys got some value uh, from that uh, that's it for this one guys here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now <laughs>